All right. Good, good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Danny here, speaking to you guys from California, Southern California. Thank you for spending uh, the day with me. Um, yeah, hopefully that will work. Um, and uh, thank you for taking the time. Uh, we do this session every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. 11 a.m. Pacific time. And for those of you who wonder why I'm speaking English, is because this is open to the public and we have investors uh, from different backgrounds, different areas, different languages uh, joining us. And we have people who uh, uh, listen to the recording. So you are most able to benefit from it um, <clears throat> um, you know, on our podcast, on YouTube, and even on uh, here, of course. Uh, so thank you for taking the time. This session, which we do weekly, has a very clear uh, you know, purpose or purposes, which are uh, get informed, more knowledgeable about real estate investing uh, for you guys. So I'm always trying to share, um, you know, communicate with you, engage with you, have an opportunity to have a small chat like uh, in Iran, or, or uh, what I like most is uh, uh, get your questions. So by all means, uh, feel free to contribute to the topic or uh, contribute in a, you know, to not, you know, to real estate inf investing, contribute or ask questions uh, that are, could be related to real estate investing, but not necessarily related to the topic. That is welcome as well. You can uh, um, also, um, you know, if you're listening to the recording, um, you are most welcome to post, to send an email with a follow-up question or some th something you would want us to cover. I'll be happy to look into that as well. Perfect. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's get started. Uh, today I'm going to talk about private lending, not hard money, but private lending. What is private lending? Why would someone want to consider uh, utilizing or using private lending uh, when it comes to real estate? And let me just explain uh, the terminology. I think that generally speaking, uh, in the U.S. and maybe altogether, we are seeing uh, different types of lending or uh, financing options for investors or for real estate altogether. We have conventional lending, which we go to the bank and we get a mortgage. That's everybody knows that. Nothing, uh, uh, you know, no need to expend on that. Uh, we have hard money lenders. Hard money lenders are uh, institutions or companies or organizations that lend money in a more um, organized manner as a corporation and they, uh, they uh, lend money on projects, most times on flips, most times on short-term projects. So that's a secondary, it's called hard money lending. We have private lending. Private lending is very similar to hard money. The difference uh, between private and hard money is that hard money is more institution, more organized, more uh, um, you know, companies uh, who do that. Uh, where private lending is more an individual lending to another individual or another uh, uh, entity to do a certain project. So the difference is, you know, it's more like private person lending, which is private lending. Hard money m most times uh, is considered more of an organization, a company, a corporation who lends maybe raise money on one end and, uh, um, and lends money uh, to a... To a uh, to someone to do a project such as a flip. If you want to you know, if you want to be a lender, you can actually go in different routes. You can actually join a company, not join, but 
you know, uh, send money to a corporation who's doing hard money lending and you become an investor in a pool of money and they lend money. So there is another uh, layer or tier here. Uh, or you can actually say, hey, I have money available. I want to invest in real estate. And instead of going through some corporation, uh, you can actually say, hey, Danny, we'll give you, for example, we'll give you $100,000 to do this flip. I want to become a lender, you know, on that uh, project. And, and then there is a, it's a, it's a private you know, uh, in, um, setting. Now, when you are a private lender, why would you consider becoming a lender altogether? Well, from my, ex my experience, the good thing about being a lender is that you take more of a backseat approach to the, uh, to the, uh, to the investment. So you're not involved on the day-to-day. -day. You, you are the bank. And as the bank, you are not getting the upside, you're not getting the downside, you're just collecting the interest or interest in principle without actually um, uh, participating in the success or lack of success in a certain project. So you have a more of a backseat you know, uh, uh, position as a private lender to the transaction. That means if the, if the if transaction is very successful and the returns are double digits, you're not gonna probably participate in that. But if there's problems, you, you should be more secure because private lender is the first, typically is the first position um, that, that you secure your funds and it requires less hustle and less you know, uh, involvement in the project. So some investors that I met over my career told me, listen, I don't have time, I'm not interested to be involved with tenants and property managers, and I know I can probably make more money this way. I'd rather take a more of a backseat approach, a more of a conservative approach. What would qualify to doing something like this? And in my opinion, if you want to be that person who doesn't want to trouble with renters and, and property managers and all that hustle or noise in the system, which I have no problem dealing with, but I'm just saying I know where you're coming from, um, then you and you still want to invest in real estate, you can do that by becoming a private lender. A private lender, as I said, you have no control on the project. You only have a way to secure your funds in, in a certain project. Uh, the, the way your funds are secured are typically, it's a lien recorded to you or to your entity. With the uh, with a note that are securing your investment, so that means um, an individual cannot sell the property, cannot sell the property, um, and uh, without clearing that lien. So that's way that this is how you protect yourself, uh, your investment. Um, typically, there is an insurance uh, on the property, and you are uh, added as a secondary name to the insurance policy. So that also protection to you. Um, and then you just sit there and collect, you know, collect funds, uh, collect interest payments, uh, whatever, however you structure the investment or the, uh, the loan, there are different types, uh, pay at the end, pay monthly, uh, different types how to structure, you know, you negotiate the, the rate, the interest rate that you will be getting. And based on that, this is how the terms of the loan will be dictated. The terms of the loan will be dictated as a private lender between you and the borrower based on the amount, based on the loan to value, based on the loan to cost, based on the risk, based on multiple factors. And this is how you will be able to, uh, to, uh, um, to secure your position <coughs> when becoming a private lender. So if you want to be that person, right, you can say, listen, I don't want to be, you know, it's, it's more... I think it's a method for someone to invest in real estate, uh, get anywhere from 7 to 12% uh, interest rate, depending on the terms, depending on the negotiated uh, uh, terms. Um, I've seen anywhere from, from 6 
to 14% and even higher. Uh, so it's really depending on what you negotiate with the borrower. And then you are more of a Uh, um, um, and then you are <clears throat> uh, um, becoming a you know a lender, um, you know uh, involving that deal. Um, I'm not going to go into all the other details uh, of hard money and you know other types of lending, but just generally speaking, this is what private lending is all about. There are way ways to secure yourself. I think it's important to know who you're working with. Always make sure you secure your investment, your funds, and based on that. You know, uh, decide who to who to lend to, uh, and I think it is a great great way if you want to be involved in real estate without the hustle. You're not going to get those uh, high returns, but you're also taking a more um, conservative approach um, to investing in real estate. So this is what I want to cover about private lending. Uh, I think that's a question that came up comes up you know when I speak to investors. Uh, every once in a while, so I thought it would be interested to bring it up to this you know forum. Uh, if you have any questions, do let me know uh, regarding private lending, regarding other aspects of lending, um, and regarding um, 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 you know real estate investing altogether. I know it usually takes an hour, like a minute or half a minute to a minute until a question is uh, sh you know is shown, but um, I'll wait and see if there are any questions regarding the topic or regarding you know the specific topic of lending or generally about real estate investing And if there are no questions, we can wrap up for today. Uh, that's, all, that's always uh, okay to do to do so as well. Uh, sometimes the topics we bring are short and you know to the point. Sometimes we talk at length. Sometimes we have more questions. So thank you for the feedback. Uh, I'll wait a little bit longer. And if we have no questions, we will wrap it up for today, which is quite alright by uh, by me. Uh, this time, this session is all about engaging with you and providing information and sharing. Um, you know, and maybe getting and getting your questions. So um, I have covered what I wanted to do uh, today, and I'll just wait another minute. Uh, sorry, another few seconds. And with no questions, I see they're not coming in. We will call it a wrap. So thank you very much um, for taking the time. Like I said, we are doing this. Oh, okay. How do you source a hard money lender? Oh, very good question. How do you source? See, the problem, well, I would say I would only go through recommended uh, sources for people that have worked with someone um, because there are a lot of, should I say, fishy characters out there um, lending money, uh, primarily hard money lenders. They want to collect information about you before they even uh, provide you with a loan. So for me, it's always... Kind of, I'm a little bit suspicious uh, about it. So hard money lenders, I would rather ask someone like myself that I've worked with hard money lenders and know their quality. Um, and this way I can, um, um, I can uh, um, see if uh, those are uh, good, you know, people have a good experience with them. And I wouldn't just randomly go out and search, although there are plenty of sales resort, I would not just randomly search for a, private, for a hard money lender just because someone has a good website or a nice website. I'm always
cautious, I'm all a little bit concerned because there are, it's not very regulated or partially regulated um, and um, it's, um, you know, you want to be careful. So try to go through recommended people. I'll be happy to, if you will need a hard money lender, let me know. I have at least one that I've worked with uh, that they're good. I, you know, so far nothing, you know, I had no issues with them. So I, I'll be happy to share that with you. Thank you for the question. Very good. I think it's a wrap. See you next week. Oh, see what? What is an average max LTV for hard money lenders loans? Max LTV, loan to value. Um, usually, it really depends on the experience on, of the borrower, I would say, first of all, uh, and how long the relationship with this lender and borrower has been going on. So uh, the lenders are cautious about the borrowers too. So it may start with a first deal of maybe 70% loan to cost, not necessarily loan to value. It will also be different between the acquisition price and the renovation budget. So they may look and they may say, listen, we'll give you 70, 80% of the acquisition of the property and up to 70% of the uh, renovation. So every private lender will go about it differently. They may go to even uh, higher uh, percentage uh, but you know, let's say 80% or 90% sometimes. But that will mean that will mean more fees and more uh, um, um, <coughs> fees and rates, uh, higher rates. So it's really kind of tricky. The a lot of uh, moving, uh, you know, uh, moving factors. Um, so your experience as a, as a, as a borrower you know, is important to the lender. Your experience as a flipper, if that's what you're doing, is important to the lender. Um, the relationship you have with the, um, you know, with the, uh, with, the, with the lender will also affect that LTV. And remember, there's LTV, loan to value, and there's LTC, loan to cost. Those, you know, the, uh, um, those are the things uh, are, that are put into play when deciding on the rates and the, and the, and the rate a certain lender will be uh, willing to give, and every lender is going to be a little bit different. Some will be more reluctant to give higher rates, and you know, like uh, uh, more higher loan uh, to value, and some less. You know, very good question. There's not clear, you know, clear-cut answer. It's really a mix of uh, of uh, multiple factors. Uh, who's uh, who's doing the agreement? Uh, or you know, um, most people don't have uh, experience on. On setting up those contracts, I have a you know I have a form that I use, uh, no, a, a mortgage agreement and a note that I've uh, received in the past that I've used. I think I even had it go through my attorney uh, just to make sure it's fine. So usually we have a note which is recording the terms. This is what you know, kind of you, rec you record when you record the lien, and then the mortgage agreement. Those are the two things that we have. Um, you can do it. You can search online. You can talk to an attorney. Uh, you can have the one that we use, and then uh, if that's uh, you know, what you're looking to do, and then have a, a, a lender, uh, you know, review it with your attorney. So there are obviously uh, different ways how to go about it. Um, how much money? Uh, how much of the money in the loan is protected? It's a very good question. Um, I think. For the most part, because you have the first lien position, you are very protected. However, as a lender, if your borrower 
walks away, so to speak, which could happen, right? Let's just say it could happen. And let's say you have a project that uh, that's worth two hundred thousand, and you lend you have uh, um, you lent a hundred thousand, then there's a very good chance you'll be able to sell that house, you know, take possession of that property and sell that house to the amount of the of the of the loan or even higher, um, you know, uh, if that happens. So the question is more of, you know, you should ask yourself what happens if the borrower takes off, okay, for whatever reason, right? Th life happens, things happen, even for good people. So if that borrower takes off and you are left with the property, how much you can sell it for, and that will be, you know, that, that's actually how you secure your, your, your money. So obviously, the higher, uh, the lower the loan relatively to the value of the property, the more safe you are, because you can say, okay, I got this property, it's worth 250,000, my loan is 100,000, then I have a margin here I can work with. So that will be your securitization uh, of the property. I hope that, that helps. It's a very good question. Um, I absolutely, you know, you, you need to ask yourself what happens if a borrower cannot pay or walks away. Um, that is your that is your risk. You will get the property, you should, but that's the risk the risk you're taking. It's not risk free. It's a reduced risk because you have a first link position, but it's not risk free. Just be aware of that. Thank you for a very good question. Very good. Let's uh, wrap it up for today. Thank you, everyone. Oh, I see more coming. Um, what expenses I have in such uh, uh, incidents? Um, um, I don't know what expenses you will have when, if you need to repossess as a private lender the uh, the um, the property. I have no idea. I'm sure there's going to be some expenses there. Usually, um, there are expenses to record the lien. Um, and which is depending on the amount of the lien. So usually when you have a $100,000 loan, it's going to be one fee, but in a $200,000 loan will be a, a, you know, a different fee. So it really depends on that uh, aspect. And usually we factor that into the, either into the loan or the borrower uh, takes, you know, takes that, um, you know, covers that. So it's all, again, it's all part of what we negotiate. So the, uh, the, the cost that you would have on your end is maybe have an attorney review the mortgage and, and note. Uh, that will be something on your end. And then when we record the lien, there's a, a, a fee based on the amount of the loan. Um, and, and those are the only fees that you will have. If you decide to do an appraisal, then you may do an appraisal and then it will be determined who is going to pay for the appraisal between you or the borrower. It's negotiable. Um, and then again, if you need to repossess the property, then I, I don't know to tell you what that cost is. It's probably going to be different from one, uh, one uh, um, state to another. I, I can't give you an answer about that, unfortunately. Good questions. Very good questions. Very good. I think uh, we can wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you everyone for taking the time, for, for the questions. 
Uh, if you have uh, follow-up questions more one-on-one, uh, -on -one, let me know. I'll be happy to try and address them um, regarding lending, regarding other things. Um, I really appreciate your time. See you next week. We already, I think, have a topic for next week. So see you next week on Friday, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Have a terrific weekend, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Bye-bye.